You're listening to DraftKings Network. Pour yourself a cold one. Let's drink them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, blah, blah, blah. Most of you already know this. Most of you don't really care anymore. That's fine. I don't either. You know why? Because I got a bunch of media gigs, a bunch of podcasts, including this one that I love doing with my guy, Emery Hunt, at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. Football game plan on YouTube. The best draft guide in the business I'm aware of. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Especially if you want some respect on the guys that are not at the Power 5 level. Emery's all over it. And I think it's like something you have to have with you while you watch the preseason games. Which, by the way, are now a month away. We're, We're a month away from preseason games which is just bananas. So fired up for today's guest. We just finished up recently doing every single draft pick and Emery's top undrafted free agent on each team. Now we're going to start for the first time these next couple weeks looking ahead at the 2024 NFL draft. What really means looking at some of the prospects that we'll be watching in college football this fall. Nobody better than Ben Fennell. Ben is a guy you can follow on social media at Ben Fennel underscore NFL. He is competing on a yearly basis with Emery and myself to see who can have the most jobs in sports media. <laughs> Ben's a producer for NFL games for CBS. <clears throat> he works the NFL draft entire process for NFL Network with Daniel Jeremiah and is fantastic at that. He's a producer for the Eagles. If you watch me doing the preseason games, like the video cut-ups, that's Ben. I don't even know, Ben, I don't know how you do all this stuff, but he does all, evidently he's like a scratch golfer. I know he dresses really nice. Ben, you're like a renaissance man, dude. I try, man. My taxes are a mess, let me tell you. All these W-2s and forms coming in left and right. And actually just picked up a new gig, going to be joining Thursday Night Football this year. So we're going to be trying to do a game on Thursday and turn around and doing my CBS game on Sunday. So it's going to get even crazier, but it's a lot of football. Life could be worse, right? We're not down in the coal mines. We're not on the assembly line. Sometimes you got to smack yourself, you know, taking a red eye, going right to the stadium. It's a lot of football, but life could be worse. It's the gift that keeps on giving. So this is my downtime right now where I work on gardening and that tour card. Not quite there yet, but we're getting close. Um, but like you had said, Preseason's a month away. That Hall of Fame game's a month away. Training camp, I just put my schedule into my July calendar. Man, we're going to be playing games before you know it. And this is the beautiful time of year for everyone, zero and zero. Everybody thinks they have a shot. There's just so much optimism and anticipation. Kind of love this time of year, but we just want some more football, some new film to watch. But there's always draft picks to talk about, so that's why I'm here. I got to jump in right quick. I got to jump in right quick. How about we give a shout out to CBS for being the Def Jam records of, of like, I, how many people work for CBS? You know what I'm saying? I feel like all three of us, all three of us, like that's crazy. They have themselves a pretty big umbrella, whether it's NFL, <laughs> college sports, 
Man, there's a lot to cover out there. Just like ESPN, man, some of those uh, TV crews and their their media umbrella, as we say, reaches really far. There's a lot of football to cover, and uh, some of those media powerhouses like CBS, they don't spare any expense. So uh, they certainly put some coins in our pocket, and we turn around and uh, try to give them some good work. So, you know what, Ben? I actually want to ask you about that before we get into some of these players. I think people would really be curious. Can you talk about what you do? For CBS, what you do for the NFL Network, I mean, I kind of know, but I think the listeners would be interested in that, right? Like most people, do this is a, this is the college draft podcast. This is like for diehards, right? Like they love the NFL draft. They love this is like for people like Fran Duffy, okay? Like they love the NFL draft. They love college football. They love the whole part of it. I think they'd be really intrigued, Ben, to hear you talk about your job. We can get to some players later, and there's plenty of time. But I think people would love to hear what you're doing for those three different entities. I guess four now. So essentially, I'm a football producer. So I'm not on camera really in any of my entities, but serving as a football X's and O's liaison to either my football crew, my production staff at the Eagles, um, and then turning that around and trying to put together content as well that's a little bit more football X's and O's based. So for my CBS crew, for example... I work very closely with Charles Davis, our color analyst, who's fantastic. I talk to him between downs, between plays. I'm a pseudo spotter for him. And then during the breaks, we're talking about packages to build on things we saw to use on the broadcast. And that's really an extension of our relationship all week in preparing for these games and trying to come up with more on the field, all 22, for lack of a better word, concepts to show fans which you have to balance you know not every producer of the world or head producer like mine mark wolf wants a full show of x's and o's you have to balance things so when my number is called you want to talk about football there's a balance for that so um i think in all my jobs i'm just trying to provide support and um a different type of skill set i guess than the the average producer the average editor so um, it's a lot of football. It's a lot of technology. It's a lot of editing. It's a lot of preparation and film watching. Um, it's an interesting job. It's really a niche position, but that's what makes, in my opinion, myself valuable for knowing, you know, how to edit and also knowing the game and knowing, you know, the league really well and where these players came from, from Saturdays and knowing their journey. You know, at any point, Ian Eagle may hit me up in the break and say, hey, this undrafted guy, give me a 30 second spiel, go. And that's the pressure and the expectations of my job. And it's a lot of fun. And once you build that trust with people, you know, it's hard to see everything at once. As you guys know, calling games, you trust your spotters out there for those that are, you know, uh, gifted to have a spotter or two or some help or a stats guy. Um, And when you have that relationship and the trust, it's a lot of fun and makes the broadcast really well. There's so many people behind the scenes. And I think you have to realize that, which I did early on, that you can work in sports without being between the lines and being the superstar. There's so many other jobs to be involved. I studied sport management at Drexel, got some internships and, you know, found the right people to take me under their wing. And I hope to kind of repay that to some young people people now. So um, there's just so many ways to be involved in sports. I think the three of us are perfect examples. So um, Emery can speak to this too, Ben. I'm glad you did that. And what you do basically for the NFL Network for the draft with Daniel Jeremiah is similar, right? You're helping him cut up packages. Same thing, except the videos are more centric to the prospects, but the same thing. It's just the balance to the broadcast, whether that's the senior bowl, the combine, the draft, 
can't load it all up with X's and O's as much as I would like. Um, but just trying to provide some support to our, our talent and make our broadcast look good. And if you watch the Eagles preseason games, anytime I do like a Wawa, delicious, by the way, Hoagie Fest going on right now. Anytime I do like a Wawa breakdown of one of the free agents the Eagles signed or one of the draft picks, Ben's the one that did that video. Like Ben cut up, like grabbed like six plays, eight plays, and we have 23 seconds, I think. So I told Ben like the, the two plays that I want to use that I think I can say something about real quick about Cam Jurgens or whoever it is that uh, the listeners or the viewers will enjoy. Emery can speak to this, Ben. You know what's amazing about doing a podcast? We're eight and a half minutes in. We haven't even touched on why I brought Ben on the show, supposedly, <laughs> but I'm loving this. Like I cause and I know that the 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 people either listening or watching youtube.com slash raw sucker NFL are I cannot express this enough. And I think Emery can speak to this as well. How valuable people like Ben are and how much of a difference they make. It's unbelievable. I'm going to tell you guys a quick story. So I used to do all the state championship games in Pennsylvania on TV because I just because I loved it mainly. And the guy like in Ben's role, um, really like the the tape producer, he, he used to play football and was really good. Because what happens is like you watch the play and then they give you the replay. And I might want to be like, let me like they're about to show you the replay. And he would just say, like, he would just say in my ear, left guard number 76, trap lock. And then, you know, I'd be like, watch the trap by the left guard, Emory Hunt. I'm going to go inside out here. And, like, just that, like, he would just give me, like, and I'm telling you, it's like a second and a half. He would just say something like that. And then, because you don't get to see the replay before you're talking about the replay. You know what I mean? Like, that's the first time you're seeing it. So him just giving me that little tidbit, oh, Emery, makes a huge difference. Oh, absolutely, man. The games I do with Morgan State and the high school games I've done, I've done in Pennsylvania, it's the same crew. And our producer, Jamie Wechter, uh, played baseball at, uh, I want to say, at, uh, I forgot what, pro, Millersville, I think it was, or West Virginia, but also played football in high school. So while the play-by-play guy, Phil, is doing his thing, he, you know, and we have the, the you know, the, re- the replay getting queued up. He'd be like, I know this was a run to the right, but watch the backside block by the receiver. And so, because it is, obviously the replay is not going to be focused on that, but then it gives me something to bring up because like, yo, that was integral to the play because he hit off the cutoff defender and that guy is now not going to be able to get that running back on the front side. So having those, those uh, guys that have been there that understand, you know, what the game is, helps the broadcast color in a lot more uh, than what the viewer may feel or, or watch. They just don't, they don't, under, viewers just think like you just get up there and you're just talking football, right? Or you just, you know, it's, it's easy to do, but there's so much going on. So you have to really be on your toes. You do need some help from spotters from, cause we're, you know, again, some of these stadiums, you're so you're like 16,000 miles away up in a press box. Sometimes you write on it. Um, and also, not every press box is the same in terms of the acoustics or you may be right next door to the coach's booth. 
You know, you might be in an open press box. I've done that before at, at Westchester. So there's a lot going on. So to have producers that can see it like you see it, it makes a hell of a lot more difference and it makes the broadcast better. But like Ross, like you said, it's that exact trust, which you, you have to have. And you can't see everything from the booth. As you guys know, I work with Charles, a former safety. He kind of covers the shell and the all 22 you can see from the booth. I try to watch the trenches and we have that trust to each other. And we always laugh in the truck. Anytime I say something similar, like oh, backside garb, you know, pulled uh, and kicked out the end. And Charles maybe has to trust what I said. And then we all laugh in the truck because he has to say it verbatim, uh, essentially. But when I'm right, he's right. And everyone wins and nobody knows the difference. But um, the other thing is, is just tackling all these avenues at the same time. So am I the, you know, the premier football expert in the world? No, but I can see the game quickly. You know, there's a lot of people that are better editors than me, but don't know the game. So they can't marry it together. Or there's people that really know the game. Like we had a guy work with us at CBS who was an SEC starter at Georgia for a number of years. And he knew the game really well, but he didn't know any technology. He never worked in a live capacity. So he had trouble communicating. He had trouble building his packages in time. That's the other thing. You'd be a great editor. We're working in live TV, guys. We don't have time for, you know, minute long pieces or for you to you know build a mona lisa out there we got to get going we got to build packages and turn them around so knowing football knowing technology being quick while you do it is obviously the name of the game in a live capacity and that's what kind of makes me special and makes it a niche position but for everybody out there looking to get involved somehow there are i mean espn for example i think sends out 25 crews every saturday to college games now are they all on your espn one and two no, but it doesn't mean there aren't opportunities out there for you to get on the road, get experience, put some money in your pocket while working football games. That's a beautiful thing. So open up your mind. If you really want to work in this industry, there are a lot of opportunities. Myfrontpagestory.com, by far the best gift you can get anyone. This time of year, it's primarily anniversaries, although that means you got married in July, which is a questionable decision. So Maybe just get it for somebody for their birthday, myfrontpagestory.com. All right, so Ben, the last thing I want to bring up about this, I just want to hammer home one more point. I don't even care if we get to any players. We got the the whole rest of the month and August. I, I can't emphasize this enough. If CBS, like if they tried to move on from Ben, Charles Davis would lose his mind. <laughs> if NFL Network didn't, like, like if they, for the draft, if they told Daniel Jeremiah they weren't going to have Ben, Daniel Jeremiah would throw a fit like you wouldn't believe. Like, guys like Ben are worth their weight in gold. And I mean that. Like, even for me. Like, so when I want to do, like, the Wawa package for an Eagles game, okay, on any of their draft picks or college tape or any of their free agents, I'm not looking. I got to be honest with you. I'm not looking to go through the entire Bears season last year to watch every game Nick Morrow played to find two plays, okay? And I don't know how many games Ben's going to go through, and I don't know how he finds it, and I don't know how he does it, and I don't really care. But Ben gives me like six to eight plays that are all worthy of being on TV, and I pick two or three that I like the most. And it's – I mean, Ben, that part of it's got to be pretty time-consuming. Like – that part of it and, like, the stuff you do for Jeremiah. I mean, the stuff you do during a CBS game or an Amazon game, that's like bam, bam, bam. The stuff you do for Jeremiah and for me, 
that's got to be time consuming, man. Unless it's like already cut up, but it's not already cut up. Well, you know, if I ever left Charles and Daniel, they would go crazy. And how I get this stuff done behind the scenes, you don't know. Guys, we call that job security right there. Right. All right? So <laughs> don't worry about what happens in the lab behind the scenes. All right. You just stand there on the line asking for the meal, I'll let you know when it's ready. All right. Don't ask where the ingredients came from. Don't ask me who worked on it back here. I do have some sous chefs, you know, a couple interns, some apprentices, some people running with their, you know, heads cut off and there's fire drills, believe me. Um, but no, we have some some great film systems and, you know, doing this for a number of years lets you be a little bit more efficient and proficient in finding this stuff, knowing how to research faster, knowing for what you're looking for. Uh, and there's certainly some streamlined services and uh, systems out there to help you kind of get where you're going when you're looking for certain things. And believe me, they've come a long way, not just from finding particular plays like the Nick Moros. You can look up, you know, run schemes, coverages, personnel groupings, and immediately watch those plays and films. The cutups do help quite a bit, uh, you know, for my, for my eight hour days, so to say. <laughs> and Emery, you know, um, I know Ben doesn't care about this and doesn't need it, but because I appreciate so much, I always find at least once a preseason to give a shout out to Fran and Ben. Sometimes it's multiple times after after I'm talking about how I love an Italian hoagie at Wawa since they're the one that sponsors the segment. I'll throw in there how great Fran and Ben are at their jobs. Um, I'm curious, Ben, so like this time of year, your knowledge of the college guys, because you used to do college games, right? Correct. Yep. I did six years of ESPN college football, two with uh, Brian Greasy and four with Greg McElroy. Right. So that's how you knew the college guys so well. Um, and you and I were texting back and forth. It sounds like Florida State and Miami, <laughs> as we as we look a little ahead, at least to the 2024 NFL <laughs> draft and to this college football season, it, you know... Back in the day when we were all younger, Florida State and Miami were like the two most talented teams. Like what Alabama and Georgia are now is what Florida State – Florida State, were they like top five like 20 years in a row in Miami? I mean, people don't – I mean, if you're a young guy listening or gal, you don't even know. Florida State and Miami used to be what Alabama and Georgia are right now. And you were texting me, Ben, that it sounds like they're kind of – getting back to that on some level, or at least they've got some like legit dudes this year. Well, I think there's a lot of hype and, you know, uh, prospect, you know, behind those two programs, but guys, we know when those types of blue blood programs are competitive and contending in college football, it just feels right. So I get excited when I see those ACC powerhouses in Miami and Florida state getting some legit NFL talent and people are talking legit national championship type of vibes at those programs just makes me feel good and it feels right you know the NFL just feels right when like the Bears and the Browns are competitive again I think there's just something certain things in football just feel right and the blue blood programs at college football you just hate to see stinking year after year not pumping prospects so Florida State Miami these teams are absolutely loaded I think a lot of people are expecting Florida State to really contend for a national championship they got a lot of the band back together this year, as sort of say, uh, bringing back Jared Verse, really powerful edge rusher, bringing back Fabian Lovett, who's a no gloves defensive tackle, just butt kicker in there. Reminds me a lot of Timmy Jernigan 
previous Florida State Seminole in there and some really interesting offensive weapons from the 6'7", Johnny Wilson at wide receiver, Trey Benson out there. Reminds me of a LeGarrette Blunt in space, just an absolute bruiser of a back or like a Jeremy Hill type coming out of LSU. So Florida State is loaded. Mike Norvell has tons of weapons out there. Jaheim Bell, I don't know if I can even call him a tight end, running back, H-back. He's another weapon out there. I literally think Mike Norvell is the most talent he's had since the Gainwell, Tony Pollard, Daryl Henderson backfield at Memphis. So Florida State, a lot of expectations this year. Same thing with Miami. Mario Cristobal down there, building it the right way through the trenches. Got some guys to stay like Zion Nelson, brought over Javion Cohen, multi-year starter at Alabama to play guard. So we know that Oregon previous regime, they like to build through the offensive line. They're getting the right guys in there. And on the defensive line, same thing. Leonard Taylor the third seems like he's got first-round talent as an explosive three-tech that everybody wants to get their hands on. And they might have the best safety combination in college football. That's right. Best safety tandem in college football with a six-five missile out there and James Williams and Cam Kitchens, who's got range on the back end and ball skills. But long story short, Miami, Florida State, I think we've seen Clemson dominate that conference long enough. It's great to see them back at the top. Well, so, one thing is jumping Yeah, go in. ahead, Emory. I was going to tee you up, but you go. Yeah, you jump – you look at uh, why Clemson has been dominant, right? Obviously, people focus on O-line, D-line, but it's been because they've had a great run at quarterback. Florida State, quietest kept, has a very good one in uh, Jordan Travis. In your opinion, how good can he be – when projecting forward, because right, I mean, everyone's talking about the other ACC quarterback from North Carolina, uh, but there's a chance that, hey, this dude right here could be exactly what Florida State needs to get to where they want to go. But also, when you project him forward as an NFL player, uh, what are you seeing from Jordan Travis, who's been there for six years? I see a really mature quarterback. You know, he maybe doesn't have the most imposing size or the most gifted arm or the most electric athlete. This guy makes aggressive downfield throws accurately and takes care of the football and has that mobility when he needs it. I don't think he relies on it. I don't think he's going to you know, slash through defenses on Sunday, but you need that slight escapability, which he does. He can keep his eyes up. He's an efficient enough athlete at 6'1", 210 pounds, which maybe you want it to be a little bit bigger, but I think that's the way the NFL is trending, the slightly smaller quarterback that can be mobile with the strong, proficient arm. So I think it's really time for him to start just winning some ball games and winning those late games. I think he needs to take the next step as far as maturity late in games, especially third downs in the fourth quarter, red zones, things like that. And when the lights are shining, he's got to show up. And I think that's kind of uh, the way the, the light bulbs are kind of twitching on Florida State right now is they have all the tools, all the parts, all the ability, all the potential. Now it's time to go do it. And I think that's the way they look at Jordan Travis to say, you have all the ability, go get it done. And there's no reason why you can't be QB three, four, five, you know, as a prospect heading into the springtime, you know, behind the two top dogs, obviously in Caleb Williams and Drake May, like you had mentioned. But right now there's Bo Nix and Michael Penix and Devin Leary at Kentucky and a huge log jam at quarterback, you know, behind those two. And I really think Jordan Travis has as good a chance as anyone to kind of claim that with a strong season. With a bad season, could be a day three pick, and uh, you know we kind of let him ride into the sunset and you know try to make a roster. But I think everything is in front of Jordan Travis to have a huge season. Um, Emery, you got about a minute here. 
What's crazier that Jared Verse stayed in school even though he's going to be a top twenty pick, or that a guy that talented went to Albany for? Do you know his story? Like, how is it possible that guy went to Albany out of high school? Well, it's not shocking because you know we know Power Five already looks for finished products and elite athletes, so they miss on a bunch of guys. This is why you see this bevy of tight ends coming out of the FCS because they were tall, slow wide receivers, but then they blossom and become fast tight ends. And that's why you see a verse at U Albany. Uh, but when Florida State, Miami were dominant, Ross, you guys forgot to mention, it's because they had a pipeline from New Orleans to both spots. Uh, it always comes back to New Orleans. Um, Shout out to Bless from New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm glad Florida State and Miami are good again. I'm glad they've got some legit prospects. I forgot all the good quarterbacks there were this year until Ben – Devin Leary at Kentucky, I forgot all this. It's going to be an awesome, awesome year. Ben, thank you so much for coming on the show. That was absolutely fantastic. Make sure you follow him on social media, Ben Fennel underscore NFL. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. And Emery, of course, at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.